our attempts at love will fail. It will run out. It will eventually dry up because we only have so much to give. But Jesus' love is never ending. It comes from a throne with living water flowing the whole time. Each and every one of us has a role to play in the body of Christ. And that includes our children. And we are the first place where they will be taught that this is how the kingdom works and that they have a role to play. They are one of the joints that needs to supply what God has put on their lives. And who is going to tell them that if we don't? There's another powerful quote that I heard. If you don't teach your child to love Jesus, the world will teach him not to. We have to ask Holy Spirit, who is my child? What is the calling on his or her life? And then we need to start calling out that of our children from a young age. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. I'm so excited about today. And at the same time, I'm completely overwhelmed (laughs) by tackling this subject. Um, Because when you tackle this a subject, I think people may think, hey, you think what you know, you, you think you know everything about this subject. But I, I am, a, my wife and I both, we are learning, we are growing as we go into this parenting thing. But I just felt very strongly when we did the foundational course about our faith foundations and then go into how does this impact our lives God very specifically showed me we have to talk about how our foundations are supposed to impact how we do parenting, all right? How many parents do we have in the house? Okay, awesome. Tired arms coming up. How many, how many parents online? Let us know if you're a parent or even a grandparent. We would love to know. Um, so what I'm going to do today, I have a, I've written out my message. I have a script, so to say so to speak, but I, I, I'm, I don't know where this, God's going to take us, um, so let's see what happens. I do want to start by sharing how I believe our foundations that we have laid should impact how we do parenting, so I want to start with that today. Um, how many of you can remember the, the, the foundations we spoke of? What was the first foundation? How does only my boy know this? Yes, Leon. Repentance was the first one. So what follows repentance? Anyone? Salvation. Well done. Someone's been lastering in the class. And after salvation, what do I, how do I need to live my life? I need to, oh, yes, live in lordship and obedience. And that I do by faith. All right, and then if I really believe the Word of God and I have come to Christ, what is, what is an important practical step I need to take? Yes. Get baptized with water and baptized with? Amen. And then I should become a part of? 
a spiritual family where I get starts with a D. Discipled. Well done, Ella. I really thought that by repeating it week after week, you guys would have it down pat, you know. Anyway, you all have homework. Go listen to the podcasts. Thank you very much. All right. So, how does repentance impact how we do parenting? I repent from, and I, or I change the way I think about parenting the world's way, or the way that I may have grew, grown up with, I turn away from that to God's way of parenting by the leading of the Holy Spirit and by reading the Word of God. I also choose to create an atmosphere and culture in my home of repentance where I lead by example. If I sin or I make a mistake towards my children, I repent to them and, I, and change accordingly because if I don't show them model to them repentance they won't learn repentance they won't learn to repent apologize and forgive how does salvation impact parenting i am saved from a life of raising my children according to the world standards and will now raise my child according to god's standards i am saved by grace through faith and therefore i will create an atmosphere and a culture in my home of grace and faith we have grace with our children, and we do things together as a family by faith. Do you agree? One of you. All right. To start, hopefully by the end I'll have all of you. Lordship and obedience. How does this work for parenting? As saved parents, we choose to make Jesus the Lord of our home, and we obey Him as we raise our children. And we create an atmosphere and a culture in our home of obedience to, to parents from a place of us having moral authority and understanding what that means in a love relationship with our children so that our children understand what obedience means in a healthy setting. Because if they don't obey us, they won't obey God. Faith. Faith impacts it by, we live by faith and not by sight. We preached on, I did a message called, believing is seeing. The world says, no, seeing is believing. But Believing is seeing for us as parents and as a family. So by faith we trust or uh, we trust or, oh, by faith, sorry. By faith we trust or tr we did trust or we are trusting God to have children. That's a big one. Faith for children. And by faith we raise them by God's leading and his standards, even when the world screams against it. How many of you guys have tried to teach your children to do things in a godly way and all they tell you is, yeah, but my friends do it this way. Anyway, all right. <clears throat> Maybe it's just us. By faith, and by faith we know our children are firstly God's children. And we have a steward, stewardship responsibility to care for them and raise them. I'm going to go into more of these points as we go through the main message, but I wanted to lay these foundations for those of you with short attention spans. So, <laughs> baptism with water and the Holy Spirit. How does this impact parenting? We will model and teach our children the importance and the power of being baptized with water and the Holy Spirit once we are born again. And ideally, a father and mother should lead their children to Jesus and a father should baptize his own children. Because the next point, spiritual family and discipleship starts at home. We establish our family 
that our family is the beginning of our children's spiritual family. And they receive their main source of, of impartations of spiritual things from home. And that family then is part of a local church, a spiritual family. But the in, input and impact from the local church should be as, as a part of what the dad and mom are already doing. Are you with me? All right. The title of today's message is Raising Royalty, mainly because it alliterates, but it really also says exactly what I would like to do. We are raising children, those of us who are parents, and those of you who are trusting God for children, don't switch off, don't tune out, because the better you are prepared and the better you know what you will do when you do become a parent, the better it will be when you do get there, all right? So I chose the title for today because when we are parents raising children, that should be our focus, that we are raising royalty. We've been given an amazing opportunity to raise royalty. Why? Because to raise is a verb. It's a what kind of word? A doing word. And to do something, you need to choose to do something. Amen? Who of you know that your child cannot raise him or herself? Have you seen these wildlife programs where the, the antelope is born, falls out of the mother, stands up and starts walking around, drinks milk, and when there's a predator that comes, they can run along with everyone immediately. We are not like that. <laughs> when we are born, we are helpless, powerless, defenseless, clueless and someone has to take care of us and that is a choice and it takes intentionality but today we're going to talk about how the basic idea of what that should look like the basic sense of intentionality that we do get from society that hey you have a responsibility you should raise your child we're going to look at how that is so much more and goes so much deeper than what most of us probably think if there's anything that you as parents or future parents take away from today's message, I hope that it'll be that we all need to take intentional parenting seriously. Because the identities and the callings that is in our children, they are of an eternal and extreme value. And we are divinely called stewards that are charged with raising them as royalty for the king of kings. The word raising also implies lifting up, taking from a low position to a higher position. That takes intentionality. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice. And all of these can only come out of us and be sustainable if we have the love of Jesus flowing through us to our children. How do we get that? Through repentance and salvation. We step into relationship with Jesus. We make Him Lord of our lives. And He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. We love Him back. Then His love flows through us as parents. And then we can, we can be a channel of God's love to our children. Can you see that? Do you know that your love coming from your flesh and your soul is not enough? Do you know that? Do you know that your love, if you really go and analyze it, it is probably selfish. 
Only the love of God is truly serving, sacrificial, and unconditional. Our attempts at love will fail. It will run out. It will eventually dry up. Because we only have so much to give. But Jesus' love is never-ending. It comes from a throne with living water flowing the whole time. Do you see that picture? We know by now from scriptures like John 1, 12, that when we become born again, we receive the right to become what of God? Children of God, sons of God, daughters of God, yes. And Jesus is our king. The Bible says it a few times. We had a whole session on he is Christ, Lord, and King. Do you remember that? The Bible teaches us that all authority and all things have been put under Jesus. Just imagine for a moment. All things and all authority in heaven and earth is been, has been given to Jesus by God. And he is the firstborn of many brothers. So when we become, and we become joint heirs or co-heirs with Jesus. So the one who owns everything, the one who runs everything, the one who has authority over everything. He's the firstborn of many brothers. We are those brothers, the believers, the ones who come to Christ. Now, when, so we become, when we become children of God, we are locked into a royal lineage. My friend Ade calls it the royal bloodline. We are locked into the royal bloodline of Jesus. We become rightful heirs of the things of the kingdom of God. I'm going to say something that my wife says I shouldn't say. You don't get it. She says I offend people when I say that. And I'm, I am sorry if I offend you. But you must ask yourself, why are you offended? If, I, if when I say you don't get it, you do feel offended. If you really get that Jesus owns everything. And that you have access to that through your relationship with him. It should change everything. How, okay, let me put it this way. How many of you would love to be a joint heir of a son of Jeff Bezos? How many of you don't know who Jeff Bezos is? All right. <laughs> Let's start there. He, a little while ago, he was the richest man in the world, and then Elon Musk took over. So he, is, he started Amazon. When he got divorced, his wife got $65 billion. But that didn't make him a poor man. <laughs> All right. So let me put it again. How many of you would love to be in co-heir with the son of Jeff Bezos? Just the money, not everything else. I see the hands are like, no, I am, I've got principles. Just for the sake of argument, all right? <laughs> Most of us would go like, that sounds good. I'd love to be a co-heir with someone and, and inherit 
what is, what is legally mine. The same way that that picture may have excited you, we should be a million times more excited about the fact that when we are in the royal lineage of Jesus, the one who owns all things, who has all things, who has all authority in heaven and earth, and we are his co-heirs, joint heirs. We are, the Bible says we are friends of God, friends of Jesus. Jesus says in John 15, no longer do I call you servants, I call you my friends. Because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. We can know what the master is doing. By the leading of the Holy Spirit, we have an unfair advantage to this whole world. Did you know that? Are you tapping into that? You don't get it. Oh, okay, I'm trusting God that eyes will open up today. I'm going to tell you until we all get it. We are royalty because we are co-heirs with the King of Kings. That makes you royalty, all right? And therefore, our offspring, our children, biological or adopted, or those we foster, they will become royalty as well. Because we are royalty when we give our lives to Christ. That is why we need to raise them as children of God. Children of the King of Kings from the start. I once met a guy on a tour to Israel who took this very literally. He is a billionaire himself, so it helps. But he, he has one son, and that son will fly first class. He will stay in a five-star hotel, and he, he calls him king. So he took it to a really extreme example. But isn't that better than thinking, you know, we'll just get by, we'll just kind of survive. My child is, you know, sucking me dry financially, and I just want to get him through school and get him out of the house. But when we have the revelation that we are royalty because we are sons and daughters of the living God, and then we look at our children and we don't see a hungry child or someone irritating you, we see, whoa, I see what's on your life. I see what God has put on your life. And I ask Holy Spirit, show me who is my child. Why is this my child? What is my role in calling out who they are? So the first thing that I want you to walk away with today is we need to be intentional, not just hope that our children are okay by doing the basics. We need to go beyond the basics. When I say basics, it means feeding them and giving them a roof over their heads. That's the basics. We need to go beyond that. We can't expect the church or the schools or the government to raise our children. We have to raise our children God's way. Amen? Why? Because that's our job. And we can't go afterwards when our child is a mess and trying to blame someone else. There's no such thing as bad children. There's only bad parents. Boom. Now someone's offended. But it's true. I heard this quote once and it had a huge impact on me as a father. I, I couldn't find who, who wrote it, so I, I'm just going to put it under anonymous. I have it on the screen there. Rebellion does not come from a lack of respect. 
It comes from a lack of relationship. Rebellion in your child, when you see it, it doesn't come from a lack of respect for you. It comes out of a lack of relationship. And the relationship and the intimacy of that relationship depends on us. It doesn't depend on them. They will respond positively when we take the necessary steps to engage and to be intimate with them. As we read some scriptures today, and as we go through the message, please keep this principle in the front of your mind. Intentionality, relationship, relationship, relationship. Keep it in the front of your mind the whole time. In the same way, this quote doesn't just apply to parenting. It actually applies to us (laughs) with God. In the same way we may rebel against God, when we are not in an intimate relationship with Him, Our children can or could rebel due to something lacking in our relationship with them. The difference is when we rebel against God, it is on us. Because God has communicated, done everything He needs to do. But as parents, it is flipped around. When we need to make sure that we are intimate with our children, connecting with them on an emotional and a spiritual level. As Jesus says in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Imagine a world where your children, your children, my children, obey us out of love and out of relationship and not because they are afraid of you. Because when we read these scriptures and hear these principles, it should always be from the perspective of how it all should flow from relationship. Our relationship with Father God unlocks His love to flow through us to our children, as I said earlier. And as we love them, lead them, and raise them in partnership with the Trinity, our children should know in whom we believe and with whom we have our most special relationship. And it should look so attractive to them and saturate our lives to such an extent that they want what we have. Can you see that home? That home where you are so close to Jesus that the atmosphere in your home is saturated with the love of God, with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And your children is like, this is the only way to live. I want what my dad has. I want what my mom has. Imagine a home like that. Does anyone want a home like that? Okay, good. You should know by now, and if you don't know it, I'm going to say it again. Love Key Church is a Bible-believing church. We believe the Word of God is our main authority in our lives because it is the Word of God. That means that it is higher than opinion, higher than commentary, higher than doctrine from people. Okay, so I'm going to read scriptures today, and I want you to know that some of these may feel like a sting depending on your story depending on where you are at in life. I am not reading it to manipulate. I'm not reading it to make anyone feel condemned. I'm reading it because this is God's standard. The same way we did this with marriage, we are going to look at this from God's perspective. And I know that all of us have different stories, different places we are in life, different forms of hurt that we've been through. I know this. Don't think I'm reading this because I have it all together. I'm reading it because we need to first go, God, what do you say? Okay? Are we on the same page? 
All right. Deuteronomy 6, from verse 6 to 9. This is about how we should be teaching our kids about God's commandments every day, all day. And these words that I command you today, when he was giving them the commandments, shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. What is that? Every moment of every day. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Orthodox Jews of today take this literally, literal, literal. When you go to Jerusalem or any place where there are Orthodox Jews, you will see them literally walking around with a thing tied to their head, a thing around their hand, and all the doorposts um, have a thing called a menorah, which on the inside is these scriptures from Deuteronomy. They're literally carrying the word of God where the scripture says. I believe we don't need to do that, but what we do need to do is look at this and realize that we have a role to play as parents in helping our children know the commandments of God, the word of God. All right? Matthew 19, 14. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. They are royalty, and we are raising royalty. So it says that Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. <laughs> Think of that from a point of view that they are royalty already in God's eyes. And they may know something about the kingdom that you still need to learn or that you have forgotten. Childlike faith. The kingdom of heaven belongs to these. <laughs> your child in your home, the kingdom of heaven belongs to that child. You may think there's no way. Look at what he does. <laughs> But I want to tell you, when Jesus looks at your child, he sees this. Psalm 78, verse 1 to 8. This is quite a long bit, and it's, it's, it's a bit of high English and stuff. But I want you to focus on, again, this in similar fashion to the Deuteronomy verse, this speaks about how we as parents need to be intentional about teaching our children the Word of God, the works of God, and that we need to also be intentional that they will pass it on to the next generation. Okay? Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children. Telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord, we tell them of the praises, His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. We will tell our children this. For He, God, established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them. And the children would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And listen to this last part. And may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, 
a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. It is telling us to not be rebellious, to not turn away from God, and to not forsake our call to teach God's things to our children. Proverbs 22 verse 6, we have a responsibility to train our children, and when we do, there's a powerful promise. Listen to this. Train up your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you do the hard yards, the sacrifice, even when your child may go a little bit off his way, when he is older, he will come back to where he's supposed to be. Isaiah 54, 13 speaks about a beautiful promise of how the Lord also teaches our children. It says, all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Proverbs 1, 8 to 9. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. This is a message to children, to follow the instructions of your, of your parents, because it will beautify your life. Psalm 127 says so beautifully, Behold, children are a heritage from God. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. My quiver is fairly full. We have a man in this church that has eight children. His quiver is overflowing. <laughs> Malachi 2, 14 to 15, God wants godly offspring for us. Listen to this. Now, this is one of those that may sting. And the intention is not to make anyone feel judged. I want you to see the value of God's kingdom coming out of this verse. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless. Another translation says treacherous. Though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? Listen to this. And what was the one God seeking from your marriage, from your unity? What was he seeking? Godly offspring. God wants us to have godly offspring. So guard yourselves in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. Ephesians 4 this is the last verse. And he gave, now this is this one we always hear in context of when people speak about the five-fold ministry. But I've been challenged recently when, when I did the world needs a father-dad talk that once again, as I said earlier, spiritual family starts at home. Training of our children starts at home. And I, I realized that this scripture is one for us as parents and specifically for us as fathers very important to know that this should start at home, all right? And he gave himself, to, uh, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, the fivefold ministry. And for the equipping of the saints, who's the saints? It's you guys, the believers, it's us. It's us who believe in Jesus. We are the saints. The fivefold ministry is there for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So why is the fivefold there? It's to equip all the believers, that includes all of us, for what? The work of ministry. 
You guys are all in ministry. Welcome. You know how we say, hey, that guy's in full-time ministry. I'm sorry, if you give your life to Jesus, you're in full-time ministry. I know what they mean, but you know what I mean as well. Why do we do this? It's for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. How long should we do this for? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of, of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Till we all come to this place. Does the all include your children? Is the fivefold equipping each of us to do this? We are trying. <laughs> I are just one fold at the moment. But we are trusting God for the other four, and we will get there. But for now, I know that God is leading us to this place. This is the point. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be... That we should no longer be. That we should no longer be children. What does he mean by that? Immature in the faith. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke like a child. But now that I'm mature in Christ, things are different. We have a role to play in establishing this in our children's lives. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine or every conspiracy theory and WhatsApp and Facebook messages that we see thinking it's true by the trickery of men and the news and all the fake stuff we read and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth, what is the truth? God's word. In what? Love. They go together. If you only give truth, you make people feel condemned and they will turn away from you. If you give your idea of love only, which is just fake grace, people will think they can do whatever they want and still come into the kingdom. We need to give truth with love. That is attractive. Um, so that we may grow up in all, grow up in all things into Him who is the head, Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. That's every one of us is supplying something to the body. And knit together by what, uh, according to the effective working of, sorry, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Each and every one of us has a role to play in the body of Christ. And that includes our children. And we are the first place where they will be taught that this is how the kingdom works. And that they have a role to play. They are one of the joints that needs to supply what God has put on their lives. And who is going to tell them that if we don't? There's another powerful quote that I heard it's not on the screen. It's, it says, 
if you don't teach your child to love Jesus, the world will teach him not to. But teaching him to love Jesus is a very broad, vague thing. Lots of people think they are doing that. Cultural Christians think that all the time. But we, we cannot think that going to church only and reading a Bible story every night is enough. It's not enough. We have to ask Holy Spirit, who is my child? What is the calling on his or her life? And then we need to start calling out that of our children from a, from the, from a young age. Each phase of their life has a specific need that they have, and we can guide them through that. It's a powerful thing. I see you're already out of time. <laughs> I'm not even halfway through my message. <laughs> but I think what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to bring this to a close, and we'll continue next time, which is in two weeks' time. Otherwise, it's going to get way too late. What I, did, what I wanted to do after this is going to practical things of what we can do to achieve this, all right? So I think I'm going to summarize what we did now, and we're going to pray with our children. And then I want you guys to all in, be intentional about taking this very seriously as parents or future parents. And go and talk to your wife, speak to your children, and I think I'm going to leave us with that one thought. And then I'm, we're going to call the kids out and we're going to pray, all right? Everyone good with that? All right. I don't know why I thought I would get through all of this. Anyway, I had a hope. <laughs> I just want to read this scripture again because I think it really brings everything so beautifully together. Let's go back to Ephesians 4. And I want you to really engage with this scripture. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, that's all believers, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Christ is king, he is royalty. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How many of you guys want to raise children that are perfect to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. It's going to take intentionality. It's going to take sacrificing things that you used to think are more important than raising your children. And it's going to take intentional building relationship with your child. Amen? Amen. So, the thing I wanted to leave with us is something that I recently learned myself. So as I said in the beginning, we, my wife and I, are not perfect parents. We are learning. We are growing. The practical stuff I wanted to share with you, we will do in two weeks' time. But the thing that I learned recently that I realized is so important and that I'm going to try and lead by example by asking you to keep me accountable to do this in my own family. And then I want to challenge each of you to go and do this for your families. And that is to sit together, pray, ask for the leading of the Holy Spirit. What are our family values? 
It can be one big value, like one of the guys that spoke where I was at the seminar, his value in his home is honor. He doesn't have rules in his house. He has a core value. And when a child is out of line with honoring his brother or sister or him as a parent, he says, are you honoring them right now or not? And then in the whole family together committed to follow the core value or values. So I'm not, I am now going against my own word when I'm out of line with the value. That broke my brain because I'm a rules guy. I've been giving my children rules, 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 and I realize it's so much better to work from values. <laughs> yes, I have a lot to repent of, I know. I will share a testimony with you that uh, makes me feel very vulnerable, but um, maybe this helps someone else as well. One of the things they said in the, the World Needs a Father training that I just did now is when it comes to discipline, if you discipline your child out of anger, you are abusing them. Yo. I felt so convicted. And I realized I'm, I'm there. I'm, I don't know why I do it. And I've been asking God and God is starting to show me where that comes from. Why do I have anger outbursts and then take it out on my children? And I had a chat with all three of my boys. And I looked them in the eye and I said, I'm sorry that I did this to you. I'm making a decision to never, ever do that again. To never, ever discipline out of anger. But to do whatever I need to do to calm down and then deal with you in a godly way. Will you help me by trying your best as well to not do the things that, you know, get us there. <laughs> and, and they all said yes. So we have a new thing. And, and I'm going to now also implement the value system for home Winkler and say, okay, what are the values that we hold dear? And then we're going to all sit around a table and say, this is it. And we all buy into that. And instead of having rules, we're going to have values where we say, when, when you do that to your brother, or when you speak to me in that way, or when you break things in the home, do you, are you, look at our values. Let me just remind you, these are our values. We are a Christ-centered family who honors each other. Are you honoring your brother right now? Are you honoring your parents right now? No, okay. It's not Okay. I want, I want us to get the kids in the room. Can, can someone just go call the kids? And I want all the families, if you are here as a family, to get close together. If you are not, this is also, we're all part of God's family. and We're all part of a spiritual family. So in many ways, these things apply on a spiritual family level as well. But I, I want you guys to know that we truly believe that this is so important that we do marriage God's way, that we do parenting God's way. If you were here from the start, you would know that 
We believe healthy families build a healthy nation. It's actually on that banner over there by my brother. Hello, hi friend. Healthy families build a healthy nation. We believe that healthy families will build a healthy Helderberg, will build a healthy Cape Town, will build a healthy Western Cape, will build a healthy nation. Amen? Because when we start raising royalty intentionally from a true love relationship with love flowing from Jesus to our children, that is when things are going to start to change. Okay? Amen? All right. So let us stand together with our families. I want the fathers, if you are here as a father, I want to first of all say to you, everybody just get up. I find that many times when we speak about fathering, we speak about the crisis of fatherlessness, it may feel to most men like, Yo, we are failing. And that's all that you feel. And I just feel right now the Holy Spirit is, is, wants to encourage us. So don't hear Hind speaking. Please hear the Holy Spirit speaking. Close your eyes, men of God, sons of God. And I want you to know today that God is saying to you, well done. Well done, my faithful servant. Well done. I know that you know that you haven't done everything right along the way. I know that. But I also know what you've sacrificed, what you've given, what you've laid down. The night you get up in the middle of the night. The things you have to fix, the things you have to go and fix. The, all that stuff. I see it. I know it. And today I want to tell you, well done, my son. what I also want to tell you today is that I'm going to help you to go deeper and to do even better by my strength. I want to tell you that you have what it takes. You have what it takes because I've given it to you. And I want to tell you today, I release you to run with it. To do your marriage from this place of knowing that I'm with you. Knowing that you are not alone. Knowing that it's not by your strength, but by my power. That you can do fathering and be a husband and lead your workplace, lead your community. Well done. Well done. Holy Spirit, I thank you for that encouragement. It means so much to us. And Lord, I just want to pray with every married couple here or single parent or family of whatever kind we may have here or online today. If you are online and you are with your family, please bring them closer. Switch off everything else. Bring your wife close. Bring your children close. This is a moment for us to to receive a blessing from God, to be the families that He has called us to be. I know these kids make noises and stuff like that. It's okay. It's okay. 
It's okay. Jesus, as the leader of this house and as a father of this house and as a father of my own home and a husband to my wife, Lord, I just come now and I ask that you will bless every father, every mother, every married couple in their role as parents. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will bring a supernatural revelation to our hearts and minds that we are raising royalty for you and in and alongside you that we are not alone in this i thank you right now that you will that you will take away all the doubt all the fear all the guilt all the stuff that's maybe holding us back And Lord, also all the lies we may still believe about what parenting is, I just pray now that you will wipe that clean away. And that these verses that we read today will will come and settle in our spirit beings. And that that will become the place from where we parent and we parent according to your will. Those who are future parents, I pray, Lord, that today you will plant a seed in their hearts that will grow into the fullness of what you have for them so that they will walk into into marriage and into parenting knowing these things and living according to that. Lord, we thank you that we are here. We thank you that we are alive, that our children are alive, and that you are with us. And Lord, we we say as a church family today, we want to do better and go deeper. We want to be intentional about raising royalty, about calling out the gold in our children, about calling out their identities, about teaching them the Word of God, about helping them to know Scripture and live Scripture from Scripture and, in the, and to walk in the fullness that you have for them. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now that you will bless, protect, and cover every family represented here today. And that you will help them to to parent according to your voice and your leading. For those moments where we don't always have the answer, where we don't know how to handle this right now, thank you that we can tap into you, Holy Spirit, and that you will come and help and lead. Lord, I pray for your protection over every marriage. I pray that you will surround every marriage with your holy fire, with your angels you've put around them, and with the blood of Jesus Christ, that the enemy cannot come into any of these marriages. We speak life and protection over them in the name of Jesus. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I quiet every lying spirit and every spirit that wants to um, bring division between married people. I come against you right now in the name of Jesus, and I cancel your assignment. And I say in the name of Jesus, every marriage here is blessed and will be blessed and will be strong. In Jesus' name. And from there, Lord, they will parent well. They will lead well. They will raise up royalty. Lord, I bring every child in this ministry before you right now. Each and everyone that's standing here right now. Lord, we thank you for their lives. We thank you that you have given them to us. We thank you that you've made them for a time such as this. And that we have the privilege to raise them for you. Thank you. Lord, help us 
that when we look at our children, that we will see you and what you are up to in their lives. That we will see your fingerprints on them. And that we will see what you've called them to be in the body of Christ. What joint are they? And what are they feeding into the body of Christ? Help us to call that out of them and lead them to walk it out in Jesus' name. Lord, help us to create homes that are Christ-value-centered and not rule-centered so that we can be homes of peace and grace. Guide us as fathers to lead well, to discipline in a godly way. Help the mothers, Lord, to know what it means to be a godly wife and a godly mother to their children. Lord, in the ways that we idolize our children or idolize our mates in any unhealthy way, we lay that down in this morning and we say, you are our God. And we get to be married. We get to have children. Our children are not our everything. My marriage partner is not my everything. You are my everything. Help us to love our children and our spouses that way. We humbly ask that you will bless us to do this well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.